You are listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about National Novel Writing Month. That's NaNoWriMo. And interviewing author Tom Merritt, who participates in NaNoWriMo. And he's going to tell you all about it. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Well, here's the thing. Now I'm using this. <laughs> oh, well. Bria is coming to us live from her iPad this week. Yeah, and, it and is... then you know I don't read real books. I mean, I read real books, but I read them on my thing, so I don't know who wrote anything. I am reading a book. So, okay, a couple weeks ago, I was like, guys, y'all, it's the end of the year. I am concerned I'm not reading the best books of the year. Yes. I got to get I gotta get these books in. Tell me what the book that I should read is. And if a book was named more than once, that was a thing. Yeah. If it was named more than twice... That was like two books. And only one book is named more than like three times. And that was Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. <laughs> um, it is an insane book. It is extreme- You've heard about it, yeah? Yes. It's lesbian necromancers in space. I mean, it is extremely Bria book. Um, well, they haven't become... Le- they aren't lesbians so far. So Spoiler. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, big spoiler right there. And also there's nuns. There's a. It's basically, yeah, necromancers and then a person that fights for one of the necromancers and they... These two people who don't like each other have to pair up and um, go to this competition thing. That's how far I've gotten. I have not gotten very far. The cover is rad. I actually, Tor.com sent it to me because I was uh, talking about how I wanted to read it. Um, the cover is really beautiful. It also has that um, really interesting uh, thing. On the, the pages are black on the side. Yeah. Which is cool. It is, I will say, laugh out loud funny sometimes, which I did not expect. Really? It has these really funny moments because the main character, Gideon, is just angry at the world and so says a lot of funny things but then there's a lot of really funny horror humor in it like horror necromancer humor which there's not many times and places for it so um yeah i i am really (laughs) everyone's always waiting for that one moment where you can whip out the necromancer humor. i love it so far (laughs) it's the only book that was named to me more than three times so i was like well i guess this is what i big buzzy genre books of the year yeah, for sure. And it has, and it is like combines both sci fi and fantasy in a nice way. So if you're a fantasy re- reader, you can definitely, there's swords. Um, and swords lots of, of swords. Lots of swords, lots of space. Didn't we have a wheelhouse recently that was swords and space? Yeah, this person should pick this up. The space is less, you don't see as much space in it so far, but I have not gotten very far. But I'm really big fans and I'm excited. Maybe it's going to be on my end of, so far it might be on my end of year list because it's like, it's very good. It's very captivating. Wow, nice. What are you reading? Uh, so we're recording this on November 1st, so I'm still finishing up. As listeners know, I only read horror during October, but I haven't finished my last October scary read, and I have been was on this huge middle-grade horror reading kick all, all, all month. I think I read like eight middle-grade horror books, uh, but the one I'm finishing up that I really, really like, it's called Watch Hollow by Gregory Fanaro. And it is just like, you know, when you, you know, when you start reading a book and you're like, oh, this is exactly my shit. It's like two kids and their widowed father and they're, they work at a clock repair shop. They're called, (laughs) they're the tinkers and a mysterious man. And it's all in New England and a mysterious man shows up one day because like they're very broke. But this very rich English man says that he wants, he's bought this house in Rhode Island and he wants them to come live there for a few months and fix the clock in the house because the clock. Uh, there's, the, there's this massive ha- uh, clock in this house that's set in the wall and it powers the entire house. So he can't oh. move into the house unless someone fixes this clock. Okay. 
And the, the dad goes, yes, absolutely. We'll do this because they're paying him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But as soon, of course, as soon as they get there, things start getting spooky. Oh, that sounds good. And there's something scary in the woods. That sounds and good. And the writing is so great. Uh, the characters are really, really fun. And it's just like, I'm like, oh, yeah, spooky clocks, spooky walls, spooky house. Uh, I got my library. I was actually going to text you. I got my library hall the other day and like half of the or more than half the books were all about houses. And I was like, (laughs) I am just obsessed with houses. Yeah, this is your wheelhouse. Your wheelhouse. (gasps) (gasps) I I, I don't have a wheelhouse. I have a house house. (laughs) Yeah. You have a house wheel. Nope. Yep. Something (laughs) like that. That was Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. And that's Watch Hollow by Gregory Fanaro. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Kelsey wrote in, I use my local library a lot uh, and just discovered today that when I request books to be purchased, I'm not placed on the hold list when they arrive. Oh, oh my God, Kelsey. Can you even imagine? Well, mine is um, so sad. Mine is set to automatically do it. I think maybe it's different library systems. Yeah, but mine is like, it says like, do you, it used to say, do you want to be placed on this hold list when it arrives? Oh. Or it would not ask me, but now it just does it automatically. Well, Kelsey's in Austin, so all, all the Austinites out there, be careful. Uh, Kelsey says, I just went back through the entire year's worth of requests and put holds on all the books that have been purchased but not placed on my account. Now I have a whole heap of books on hold. My previous library system always placed a hold for me on any titles I suggested for purchase, and I just assumed my new library system would too. Uh. My hot book tip is that glassers should definitely double check that they understand the process for purchasing titles at the library so we get all the books. P.S. Shout out to public libraries because I spend a lot of their money this year by requesting titles. So poor Kelsey has just been like getting these books for the library and not reaping any of the benefits. She's just like the magic library fairy. Someone someone is excited. They're like, wow, someone's getting all these books ahead of me. uh, You know, someone is probably really stoked. Yeah, someone out there with the same wheelhouse as Kelsey is extremely excited. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashley wrote in and said, my library in Twinsburg, Ohio, loans out hotspots, Roku's, Loaded with streaming services already logged in. Candles loaded with a ton of new releases and classics. Board games, laptops, museum and zoo passes. What? Ukuleles. And just recently they added traffic cones so teens can learn how to parallel park. That's Aww. super helpful. I really love my library and I love your show. That is great. Um, and the Kindles thing is really interesting. That's super cool. Because they could save a lot of space by just getting a few Kindles. I mean, libraries have some space. Can you imagine just a library replaced with one kindle <laughs> here it is but Wait. then there's, you have to get a lot because there's many people that's what I, like you have to get you get on a, put on a hold list for the the kindle yeah mm-hmm. and then isla wrote in with a wheelhouse which is psychopaths who look like the nicest human beings yeah mm-hmm. stories told through two timelines a historical one and a modern day one. Ooh, i do like that mm-hmm. a close group of eccentric students who keep some secrets an outsider trying to fit in and then someone ending up dead <laughs> you know there's a bunch of stories like that and i like those yeah yeah it's specific but it is true it's like secret history uh a secret place by tana french Ooh, lots of secrets secret actually books. gideon the ninth falls in, uh, falls into that oh. yeah 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 there's a mystery that happens uh, anything involving Korea and Korean, p- Korean people, both North and South, Africa, especially Ethiopia and Nigeria, characters who are polyglots and or translators or interpreters, long multi-generational family sagas that follow certain people from their birth to their deathbed, American South historical fiction, uh, extremely hot weather, <laughs> stories that leave me sobbing, books about books, and plots that are impossible to, to describe. Nice. So I have a quick bar- bookmark for me. If you are in Arkansas or in the area of the of that, I don't have never been to Arkansas. So I spent a month there this year. Well, remember? 
oh my God, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm going there for the first time in my life because I'm going, I'm the guest of honor at one of the guests of honor at Ozark Book Con. Nice. So it's the first year for the con. So if you are in Arkansas, you're in this area, it's in Springdale, uh, you're wishing that there was a big literary event, this is your chance. Uh, it's me, past guests of the show, Mer Lafferty, and some mm. other amazing authors. And it's over this weekend from the 8th to the 10th. So the day this episode comes out, if you are in the area and you want to come to a book event, come check it out. That's Ozark Book Con. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about NaNoWriMo, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by Lola. Bria, what is Lola? Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. Founders Jordana Kier and Alexandra Freeman started their company with a simple and seemingly obvious idea. Women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. They asked themselves, if we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, which certainly I do, mm-hmm. uh, why shouldn't it be the same of our feminine care products? If you care about what goes on your face, you should care about what goes on in your underpants. It's very true. Both are sensitive areas. <laughs> <laughs> so what Lola is, they offer a customizable subscription plan for pads, liners, and both BPA-free plastic applicator and non-applicator tampons, which are always seem so fancy to me, yeah. so high-tech. High, non-applicator tampons? Yeah. 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 Which, is, which is funny because they're actually very low-tech. But they, because they're the lowest of all the tampons. There is no tech. Yeah, there's literally no tech. It's just pop it in. Just a tampon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. And you do good with your purchase. For every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S., you um, love Lola. I love Lola. I use Lola every month. It arrives every month in my house in a discreet box in case you're concerned about whether or not people will uh, notice. No big box that says tampons yeah. in here. So people, if you're if you're embarrassed over tampons, which I'm not because I'm talking about them on this podcast. <laughs> um, I love Lola because it takes away me having to remember to go to the store. Yes. So they arrive, they're here, they're ready to go. I know you can customize your box. You can be like, I want... This number of tampons, this number of parents, like you can tell them exactly what you need and you can change it month to month. So it's really easy. And they remind you to customize it, which is awesome. So they'll be like, hey, your Lola's on, about to be on its way. Change things if you want to, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. So for your 30% off your first month subscription, which is a lot. Yeah, it is. Like a third off, you can visit mylola.com and enter glasses30 when you subscribe. So that's mylola.com, glasses30 when you subscribe. Glasses. Glasses. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wiggenstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wiggenstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus, and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McElroys as they return to Dungeons & Dragons with The Adventure Zone Graduation every other Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever podcasts are found.
This week, it's all about NaNoWriMo, a.k.a. National Novel Writing Month. What the hell is it? And why is everybody talking about it? The internet is a buzz. Seriously. I didn't know what this was until like a couple, maybe two years ago. And the internet, I saw people talking about it and I was like, but what is this thing? I I thought, I didn't know what it was because it has a lot of capital letters in it. Yes, it does have a lot of capital letters in it. Uh, The book and writing communities go nuts about national novel. So National Novel Writing Month is every November. And it's where folks set the goal of trying to write a whole novel in one month. It has to be at least 50,000 words, which is about the minimum length for a novel. And that's mm-hmm. like between 180 and 100, or 180 and 220 pages, depending on, you know, font and font size. And just so you know, we realize we're a month into November now. So if you've already no, started... This is the, no, this is the first, this is the first week, first Thursday in November. I mean, that's what I meant. I, we're we're a like, weekend. we're like a weekend. That's what I meant. We're a weekend to November. But if you were wondering, if you're a reader on the internet and you're wondering what's going on, we're going to, we're here to let you know. Yeah. What's, if you're what's a reader, we're letting you know. But if you also, if you're participating, this is your bump. This yes. is where we're giving you a little bump. Um... I mean, yeah, a writer. Um, my brain is not on. It's too early. So it's if you're new to this, it started in 1999, and it's a nonprofit organization that supports writers and writing fluency and education. And it's also a support community. I think that's the big thing is you sign up and register at nanorimo.org, and we'll put a link in the show notes, so you can track your progress and meet a community of other participants. So it's like a bunch of people getting together, like egging each other on to write a book. So a few other facts about it. There have been over 700,000 people to participate in NaNoWriMo. And there have been over 360,000 books completed during the challenge, which is awesome. They also have a, a young writer's program now, which looks pretty cool. So if you're a younger person, be sure to, sure to check that out because you have your own community of of nice uh, people to hang out with. Another fact, just to tell you both sides of things, um, there's a lot of – I looked in doing research. There were people talking about it who don't like NaNoWriMo. Um, this wow. is anecdotal, but some publishers say they get a lot of submissions post NaNoWriMo, and one warned, warned that you should never put that you wrote your novel during NaNoWriMo because um, they don't think of that as a good motivator, and they get so many submissions being like, I wrote this during NaNoWriMo, and they are like, no, please don't do it. They just, they don't like those submissions. Oh, this was anecdotal, so who could say? Interesting. Yeah. So it's definitely a big thing on the internet, and a lot of actually big writers you might know, participate. So mm-hmm. writers all over the world get in on it in every country. Uh, my friend Edward Morgenstern, her novel, The Night Circus, actually started out as a NaNoWriMo project. Yeah, and there's a few others did uh, that came out as well that you've probably heard of. Wool by Hugh Howey, which is one of my favorite books. Oh, you books. love that book. Um, Water for Elephants. I is, love that I book. I know. I do too. I, lo- I'm, I love that book a lot. I love giving water to those elephants. I, <laughs> those elephants are thirsty. <laughs> and we didn't know until we read that book about a charming circus. And I remember oh, a man goes circus. blind from drinking bad booze yep. in that book. And it, it happened. scared me. It happened a lot back then during Prohibition. This is like a 20-year-old book though, yeah? It must have had an early... Yeah, well, I yeah, actually, you might be right, but you know, I love I the circus. It came book. Out, yeah, mm-hmm. um, Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell too, which is one, which is I feel like a lot of people talk about on this show. So those all came out. They all wrote all, those during NaNoWriMo. Although, to be fair, these authors admit they did countless revisions after NaNoWriMo. So NaNoWriMo is more for like a throw spaghetti at the wall, you get it done, yes, and then welcome to your next year of doing revisions before you actually show it to anybody. <laughs> so, have you ever done anything like this, Bria? No, but I do enjoy a self-imposed deadline. So, like, you I do. do love that. Although, I guess this is not self-imposed. This is a community-imposed. Sometimes, if you are an upholder, this might be. If you're, well, you and I are both upholders. Should we explain what that is, or people listen to the show? I th- yeah, yeah, if you are, okay. we're, we're upholders. By the way, I found out Sean is a also an upholder. That's so weird. 
That's why reading glasses work so well. Three of us are upholders. That doesn't even make sense. We are. This is why we're here at 8 a.m. the day after. 8 a.m. Uh, I almost said Thanksgiving, Halloween. Yeah, that's uh, that's why reading glasses ticks along so well. Uh, I can lean into questioner, though. Like, if I'm leaning anyway, it's questioner, which is the one where I am like, but why do I have to do it because someone tells me to? But if I tell myself to do it, then I will oh, do I it. Oh, I see. I lean the other way. Okay. Where uh, you know I love to follow a rule. Yeah, I like a rule also, but, like, I will question it occasionally. Sean says he's the same. But I, but if it's a, if it's a, if it's something I've set up for myself, I will do it. Yes. If it's something someone else set up, I'm like, probably I'm, I want to do it, but there are times that I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. This is why we're here, but all here at 8 a.m. That's very funny. Um, so the upholder part of me writes every day. I set rules for myself. I write every day regardless. I hit a certain deadline of, um, pages which actually I, got, I feel like screenplays are a little bit different than novels mm-hmm, for least, sure i mean structurally and the way well, that, in so many ways well just the way and they're shorter yeah and the way that, <laughs> well the way that you write and also novels it's not it's about the word count when but with screenplays it's really about the page count because it's all about well how, you know i used to do time yeah Ooh. i used to go i used to so i used to get up in the morning and i'd be like okay today is a it, i have like today will be like i'll write for two hours and i can't play on the internet i can't do anything else mm-hmm. it's just write two hours I can look out the window, I can pet the dog, but I can't do anything else. But then I listened to this podcast, see Robert Cardell's podcast, which is called oh, yeah. Ride Along. Ride Along. Ride Along. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when it's early in the morning where my words don't sound right anymore. Um, ride Along. Because he was saying what he does, and he's a big screenwriter, um, is that he goes, okay, I can write six pages a day or something. But then he divides that in half. He's like, so I'm going to only write, my goal is to write three a day. Some days he'll get six. But he just does the minimum, which I started doing about a year, year and a half ago. And that's been really helpful for me because I also feel like I can write five pages a day, like no problem. So I set my goal at three. Yes. Which means if I write three pages a day, although I do a ton of revising, so I don't, I can have a script done like Mm -hmm. in how many days? Three pages a day times 30. Yeah. But I do so much revising along the way that I don't because sometimes I'm like, I just threw out 10 pages because none of them worked. Um. Anyway, that was a lot of talking about my actual writing process. So um, I like hitting my own goals. I think the problem is like doing something as a group project. I've never been great at group projects. And I remember in school when people would be like, now you're in a group project. Here's your assigned partners. I'd be like, why? Can't I do it alone? And then they can get credit and I would be fine with that. Like I don't, I don't, uh, yeah. So anyway, I um, think I could do NaNoWriMo if I was like stuck in a cabin or something, and I was alone. I had nothing else to do. Not <laughs> stuck in a cabin. <laughs> you locked in. You can't yeah, come out until you have a novel. Where I have to join in a rhymo, but you're alone in a cabin. It's a nano rhymo cult. Then maybe, but I, otherwise, like I, I think my this is a long way of saying I don't do great when it is imposed on me, and it's hard for me to sometimes like I like to join classes, and then about halfway through, I'm like, oh, I don't like being in a class. That's right. I like remember yeah. every time. What about you? Do you do stuff like that? Do you? Have no. you done no. See, I have a weird thing where I don't like being timed, which is fun. Like, timed. I, it makes me too nervous. It's uh, interesting because you have to work on deadlines. Yes, but I mean, my deadlines for books is like you have two years. <laughs> so it, and what's funny is that I end up setting my own deadline that's way like months ahead of my actual deadline. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. A real thing. Yes, and I, well, I, I will do that, but I don't like be. I just like have a weird thing. How are you at timed tests? I, horrible. Really? Because even, I'm like, that's my like special, I'm like a <laughs> Superman when it comes to, I am a Superman. <laughs> like if, if, if you're like, okay, we're going to do a class, we're going to do a, a test this class 
I will always be the first one done. But as soon as the teacher's like, you have 10 minutes to do this, I start, I'm so anxious. Oh, and I start panicking that I'm like, I start like, okay, well, if I did this question, that means that's one second. So I only have this many seconds to do Like I just spin out. I cannot do that. So I... I don't like stuff like this. Uh, I will say that – so I, what I think NaNoWriMo is good for is people who want to be writers. And I know that lots and lots of readers naturally want to be writers. But they don't know how, don't know where to start. They're not confident in their work. They think that their writing is bad. And I think NaNoWriMo shows you that the the easiest, the best way to be a writer is just to fucking write. Yeah. And whether or not it's – I think that's what we're both saying too. Yes. That, like, that was my very long like just sit down and write. Just yes. sit down and do it every day. And, and like making yourself do it every day for a month, I think is really good practice. Yeah. And it's habit forming. It might be 50,000 garbage words. Yeah. Like I, I'm a night writer uh, and cause I like to write with like a glass of bourbon. <laughs> I know. It sounds like night writer. <laughs> and so it's, it's like, you're kind of like a, me like in my car, car writing a, writing a novel together. <laughs> uh, I like to have a glass of bourbon and like listen to my music because I'm the kind of person who gets really wrapped up in diction and word choice. Mm. But if I'm like listening to music and like having bourbon, I'm just not, I'm like more relaxed. I'm just focused and I can be like, you know what, whatever. I'm a big reviser. I'm a big editor and writing is rewriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't sure. rewrite if you don't have anything to write. Yeah. So even if it's a bunch of garbage, it's easier to look at that garbage and to fix it than it is to just have fucking nothing. Yeah. And, and, my, and my first draft of everything I do is trash. Yeah. So writers out there, like, just know your first draft is trash. I always tell people, write three scripts, put them in a drawer and never look at them again. Because yeah. your first three scripts are trash, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the good thing about having that such a tight deadline is you don't have time to stop and be like, oh, I'm the worst writer in the world. No. This is all terrible. You just have to haul through it. And that's what writing is about. Mm. There, Like the other day, I finally had some time to write because I've been so busy this month. And I sat down and I just like, you know, when you have those days where you're like, I, I am a piece of garbage. Yeah. But I still force myself to sit there and I got a sentence. Yeah. But sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes I sit down and I'm like, oh my God, I am channeling the gods and I just like get a bunch of good stuff down. But some days it's just shit, but you have to put in the time every single day. It's I think a, that's the real secret. It's a clock in, clock out, which is something I'm sure Sean has heard someone in this household say, say quite a bit. Where you go in, you do the work, whether or not you're in the mood to do it. You don't wait yeah. for the muse because, you know, that she don't show up sometimes. No. She's not, she's not going to be here sometimes. The muse is my cat and she just knocks my stuff off the desk. Yeah. Chews on my pencils. We're working drives- people. We're working yeah. people and you and like maybe some people have the privilege of having getting to wait for that muse but like i don't know anyone who does and i know huge filmmakers and and like i know i mean i'm talking in films strictly but like if an actor was like i have to wait for the muse to strike every time they came to set like that would we would never get any movies done you know i'm one of the greatest things when i moved to la um i had no skills when it came to acting and i somehow ended up on a tv show totally true i literally had never i'd taken like a few acting classes but none that gave me like um you know, like a method to fall back on. Yeah. Like I never was like, did the one where you like look in each other's eyes and like say words back and forth. Oh, I so I, oh, I, it's so horrifying. But then I went and took, um, at, uh, at a, at a place and, and they did teach me a method, but the main thing they taught was the first class you take, you meet for like five hours a day, every day for two weeks. And that was this moment where I was like, oh, it's just about time. Like yep. there's a lot of days where I was just like, I'm not even doing anything different, but the teacher was like, no, the thing yeah. is, this is just your job. Your yeah. job is to sit here and be here and watch everyone else do stuff and like 
this is your job right now and like you have to sit there and like because an acting class for like five hours a day is really boring honestly like it sounds horrifying it's horrifying i don't like um, acting. but i think it's similar with like writing and maybe that's what nanowrimo is trying to do is like hey yeah. this is your job this month it's a tough time yep it's really super hard and every there's so many people you know that's like oh i wish i had the time for this everybody has the same amount of time in a day yeah. Well, yes. Some people will definitely have are busier than no, others. No, that's what I like. Everyone has twenty four hours. Like, look at our friend Paul Tremblay. He's still a math teacher. Yeah, for sure. Yes, He's, yes, yes. And like, my boyfriend uh, is a comics writer, but he works full time at a production company during the day. So we both wake up at four thirty in the morning every day. Mm-hmm. He writes from five in the morning to eight o'clock in the morning, and then goes to work. I write at night. Like, you just. It, it, it's like the same thing when people are like Mallory, you have so much. You you read so much. What? How do you do it? I'm like, I you just make the time for it. That's yeah. all, all it is. You just make the time. Yeah. And, and you know, and like I said, you don't, you don't, if you only have 30 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day, you, you just use that time. It. You don't wait, you don't wait for the muse yeah. to strike. They're like, there are some days where I only write for like 20 minutes, but I get three pages done because that's what I know I have to get done every day. Yeah. And I think that's the real value of NaNoWriMo and why so, I think that's why it's such a big phenomenon and people love doing it. And also people really like being accountable. So signing up and registering and like seeing where everyone else's progress and like mm-hmm. seeing everyone else like struggle and like be there in the trenches with you. I think that's why it's taken off and it's so huge now. So let's talk about what we're going to do with some with two listeners from the show. We are, so we have two, thank you. Everyone wrote in, they told us about their books. Y'all had such great ideas. You had really interesting uh, uh, thoughts and like you sent us so many good book ideas. Uh, we just ended up picking two and they were, and they were sort of random, like, but they also, they had great ideas also. So we picked two people. We'll be talking to them in the next two weeks. We're just going to do a quick check-in with them. Ask them how many, how many pages they've written, words they've written, how they're feeling, uh, just to do a check-in. But feel free to check in with each other because there's a lot of you in a lot of glassers who want to be writers or who are writers or who are trying to do this. And, like, it would be great for y'all to be supportive of each other as well because there's a lot of you. Trust us. We got so many emails about this uh, once we announced that we were going to do it. Uh, so you can send your thoughts on NaNoWriMo to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to author and NaNoWriMo participant Tom Merritt, we're going to take a quick break. Bria, you remember Advent calendars? I do. I used to have one as a kid that had a little mouse, I feel like, that went from thing to thing. Oh, I thought you meant you got a mouse every – a new mouse a new every mouse. day. Hey, welcome to like, 25 days of mice. I was, I was like, I think, Bria, that just means that you have an infestation of something. Uh, that is. It was actually – it was the mouse – it was an elaborate trip by, trick by the mice. Um, no, I had one with a little mouse, but you can have one now as an adult person. Yes. And I used to get them with, you know, they had like those terrible chocolates that aren't even oh, real yeah, chocolate yeah, yeah, yeah. every day. And by the time you get to Christmas, you're like, I don't want this chocolate anymore. Yeah. You fed them to all the mice. Oh, yes. It's true. <laughs> but you know what you would want every day leading up to Christmas? Tell me. Short stories. Yes. So Reading Glasses is sponsored in part today by Higston and Olson, and they are the makers of the short story advent calendar, which is a deluxe box set of 25 individually bound, non-religious literary short stories that readers open each day leading up to Christmas. And they're all sealed, so you won't know what's inside until you open it unless you're a cheater, which, you know what? Fine. If you want to read them all in one day, it's okay. Go for it. Whatever you need to do. And when you're done reading, you can visit shortstoryadventcalendar.com for an exclusive interview with the author. How cool is that? 
you can read the story and then like, oh, I'm going to go see what the author thinks about this. This sounds like a great December activity. Also, it would count for your short story reading for reading glasses. If you're doing the reading glasses. This is technically a short story collection. Yeah, technically a short story collection. So you can use it to check off that last. If you haven't read your short story collection for reading glasses this year, now is the time. This year includes stories from Pulitzer Prize winner Anthony Doerr, who wrote All the Light We Cannot See, Lauren Groff, who wrote Fates and Furies, which was one of my favorite books a few years ago, and many more. This box is super cute. We both got one, and we immediately fell in love with them. They're so cute um, that literally my mom saw it and said, I would like one of those for Christmas, please. <laughs> like they're, they're, they are like really adorable. I have mine on display in my house right now because it is so pretty. So you don't have to wait until December 1st. You can order your copy today from shortstoryadventcalendar.com and enter the promo code GLASSES at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. That's shortstoryadventcalendar.com, promo code GLASSES. 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 Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. So here we are with author and podcaster Tom Merritt. Tom, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, thanks for having me back. What are you reading? Uh, well, right now I'm reading The Snow Queen, which is our brand new pick for Sword and Laser, uh, the the, uh, the monthly book club. And, and honestly, that's usually what I'm reading <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm always just trying to make sure I keep up with that. So that's kind of the main thing. Uh, I also have a book called Clash of Eagles uh, by Alan Smale that I, I read as my nighttime reading. It's on, on my Kindle. Nice. Nice. So happy NaNoWriMo. Thank you. We're talking to you on November 1st. This won't go up till later, but we're talking to you right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you- and I've been cheating and writing early, so it's fine. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Don't tell our listeners. <laughs> so can you tell us about the book that you're writing for NaNoWriMo? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited to, to to really get rolling on it. Uh it's called The Girl at the Bottom of the Lake. Ooh, I love it already. You get title. Wait, is she going to throw anybody a sword? <laughs> uh, not exactly. So the, the the story will start out with a, a guy named Kel. He's like a 13. I don't I haven't decided exactly how old he is. But he's like a teenager. Um and his dad has just died and his mother uh takes him to the lake to kind of show him where she had her happiest times with his father. And so he starts hanging out at the lake and there's all these ghost stories around the lake. And he finds out that the source of the ghost stories may be a dimensional rift that was closed there hundreds of years ago by the dimension Rangers, which is a thing that happens in this world that he lives in. Wow. I am in already. So how many years have you been participating in NaNoWriMo? Oh my gosh. Uh, since like 2003, I think I've, oh, I've wow. attempted it, 
every year. I, I've always attempted it. I haven't always completed it. Uh, but yeah, let me let me scroll back here. I think the very first one I did was in 2003, October or November 2003. Wow. And and how many years of those? So you're a veteran, which is why we wanted to have you on in the first place, because you've done it so many times. How many years have you been successful in completing a novel during November? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Do you have a spreadsheet? Eight. What's happening over there? I'm just looking at the NaNoWriMo site. They have your history. Oh, cool. Oh, so, you are, yeah. so you are registered, and this is what happens when you like get registered on the website. Yeah. So the, the, the thing that works, I mean, you could just do it on your own, but the thing that works for me is having that website, which tells you how you're doing on the character count, whether you're going to hit the 50,000 word goal, uh, keeps you on pace. And I, I've done that every year. So yeah, eight times I've, I've written 50,000 words. Wow. 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 That's amazing. And what made you, I, I, so what made you start doing this? I uh, was somebody, I, I, I constantly was working on books, uh, even back in the 90s when I lived in Austin, and I would never quite make the progress I wanted. So a friend of mine told me about National Novel Writing Month, and, I'm, and I just thought that was a great way to motivate me. Uh, and it took a few years. The first three years that I did it, I did not finish. Uh, 2006 was the first time I finished, but once I did, I had finally figured out how it how it worked for me. And it has become an essential part of how I work on stories. So what do you think for new writers, or I guess even any writers, uh, what do you think they get out of participating in NaNoWriMo? Like what does, what do you think this teaches people about writing? Yeah. I, the, the biggest thing that I've taken away, and I think a lot of people can take away, it's going to be different for everybody, of course, but uh, the idea that you don't have to write the perfect novel the first time. Just get your filters out of the way and get down 1,600 plus words a day. Don't worry if they're good. Don't worry if they make sense. It helps me get through writer's block where I might otherwise get anxious and nervous about you know what's going on at the story and just be like, poop down whatever. You can go back and edit it later. You're just trying to get to the goal. For people who are just starting, we have a lot of people who are doing participating this month who are listeners. What advice do you have for them during NaNoWriMo? Yeah, I would say, first of all, don't be daunted. Uh, even if you don't finish, like I said, it took me years to finally get to the point where I could I could finish. Uh, just keep writing. If you skip a day, don't punish yourself and say, oh, well, it's all over now. Uh, just just do as much as you can and make respect it as an important part of your day. Like let people know, like, I'm sorry for the next whatever amount of time I, I have to be working on my NaNoWriMo and take advantage of the tools for support if that's something you want or something you feel like you need because they cook you up with all these groups that meet of people who just you know sit quietly together and work on their NaNoWriMo's and coffee shops and stuff so it's really great I love that and um how many how much we were just talking about this on the show how much um revising do you do after you've written all of your oh my gosh uh quite a bit so (laughs) all all what I've the pattern I've gotten into is all year long I'm thinking about the story that I want to write for NaNoWriMo. Like I start to come up with one and I develop it in my head. It's kind of how I put myself to sleep at night. <laughs> I think about my story, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll I'll take some notes and do some little like character sketches maybe or short story type things, and then I'll have that all together on November first and and put it all down on paper. And then the next year after that, 
I go every day for the most part and edit. And I'll usually make two or three passes through it where I'm just fixing things, looking for inconsistencies uh, and all of that. And then, uh, you know, once I've done that a few times, then I'll give it people to beta read uh, and, and then it starts to go into edit and all of that. Wow. It's a lot of work. Well, but that it is, is what it is. being a writer I, is. Yeah. <laughs> I set myself a goal every day to write or edit something. So during National Novel Writing Month, it's writing the NaNoWriMo. But the mm-hmm. rest of the year, it's probably editing something. It's edit or nano edit mode. Na- yeah. 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 Neto, nano year, rewriting yeah. mode. <laughs> National <laughs> Novel year. Editing Year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So, Tom, last time we had you on the show, we didn't have this question in our roster of guest questions, but what is your reader wheelhouse? Oh, yes. I, uh, I love this. I feel like I've, I'm, I'm going to be accused of kissing up uh, to Bria, but space definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, you do wheelhouse. do uh, sword and laser, so. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Yeah. I'm the laser half of, of, of the sword and laser podcast, but anything in space, anything with a crew, uh, you know, like a, like a, a crew of people, anything that's like an alternate universe, alternate history that, that points to some ancient secret or something Ooh. like that. I mm-hmm. uh, love that kind of stuff. That's awesome. So, Tom, where can we find you online and where can our listeners buy your books, your past NaNoWriMo successes? Yeah, thanks. Uh, TomMerrittBooks.com, uh, two R's, two T's in, in Merritt, uh, has all my books together in one place. Uh, and, and all my podcasts that I do are listed at TomMerritt.com. Awesome. Wow. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. And we are going to get updates from you this month. So listeners We're can see how you're back doing. with you at the end of the month, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to to tell you when I hit that one part in week two where I feel like everything's falling apart. (laughs) Tom, we believe in you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, so now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Sarissa writes in, I wanted to see if you could help me with a gift that I'd like to give to my mother. I'm interested in giving a gift subscription for a monthly book for Christmas. I'm not sure of a good website to use, and I was hoping you might know. I would welcome a recommendation for a service that doesn't cost a lot but gives reliable books to people. My mom really loves books, and I think this would be a great gift for her. And I just want a quick note for our listeners. Right now, we're not currently sponsored by any subscription boxes. I think we we got sponsored by one years ago, but it... It, it went out of it went out of business. It went out of not business. Not our fault. Not our fault. <laughs> so, Bria, what do you think uh, Sarissa should do? Um, so, I've never done a subscription book club. Because I don't read in-person books. In in person, <laughs> they should start a book. They should start one for eBooks. They, I think they have them, but I am not a member of them. Um, for for some reason, it feels too bossy for to just get a book at my house. That I'm like, oh, I guess you don't like that. What I like mail. Yeah, okay. um, I could see if there were ones like really tailored to my specific likes. Like it was like actually after this, there was a sci-fi one that I was like, oh. I guess I would like that if I got that sci-fi one. But also, again, a little bossy because I'm like, well, I like to pick my own book. And honestly, if a book arrived, I think I'd be like, quit trying to tell me what to read. And I would read something else. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I don't I don't subscribe to this. But the one I I thought looked cool was um, Book Riot does one called TBR, Taylor's Book Recommendations. And if you think your mom is internet savvy enough to fill out an online survey, because you do have to do that, um, there's a book professional that will send three books her way. Yeah, the, so, good, the good folks over at Book Riot. Yeah, so it's less of a monthly – it's a little cheaper because it's less – it's not every single month. 
um, and you don't have to commit for a full year. Uh, so I think that that could be a really good one. And then they, she just gets three. I don't know if they send them all three at the same time or three throughout the year. I have no, I don't know. And I, I wonder if it's like, um, stitch fix where if you don't like it, you can send it back. Yeah, I think so. Cause I actually looked at a couple of them and people would be like, what if I've already read the book? And, and then they're like, well, give it to a friend, which I think is not cool. Uh, that's really irritating. I subscribe to a vegan snack box, obviously. And recently they've had a bunch of snacks that I couldn't eat because they had gluten in them. And they were like, wow, this is like the most Bria conversation ever. And, uh, and they, and I wrote them and I was like, what's up with this? You guys used to be gluten free. And they're like, we suggest you give those gluten snacks to friends. And I was like, I'm not buying a subscription box for my fucking friends. This is for me. <laughs> this is, these are my snacks. These are my snacks. And I didn't, if I wanted to subscribe to a gluten, to a snack box for my friends, I would just do that. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sorry, Brie. Uh, that's okay. Um, also, <laughs> Clearly, you were very, in, very upset about this. In this search, I found one that paired chocolate with a book choice, and I was like, wow, did I start a book club and, and didn't know about maybe it? Maybe you took an Ambien one did night. I, and I was like, like, I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a really good idea. It is a good idea, and I was impressed, but then I was also, again, I, I would prefer the chocolate to arrive and not the book. Even though I like books, I don't need that book to arrive. What about you? You you subscribe to some of these. So, yeah, I think my the one that I love, I actually am not subscribed to right now just because this year has been such a banana pants year for me that it was getting to the point where, like, I hadn't – like, they had – all the books that I had gotten, I hadn't read one in, like, months. And I was like, I need to stop this before – it's like the it was like the scene in Lucy. I love Lucy when all the chocolates are coming down the assembly line. Yeah, yeah. But it was books. Eating them, and, and I was like, oh no, I can't take all these books. So I had to had to stop it. But I do really like Book of the Month because what they do is they curate a list of like five to seven, or actually I think five to ten maybe um, titles, mm-hmm. and you can get to pick from that. Oh yeah, and then that's they cool. send it to you. So I think that's the perfect because it's like curated to up to a point. Yeah. But you get to choose is like always a thriller and a nonfiction and a romance and a horror or a literary fiction. So there's like all like a group of like all the big, big genres and your mom gets to her mom can pick from that. Um, and what you could do is you can try it for a month. You could get her a subscription for three months or you can get a whole year. So you can it's if you don't yeah. want to pay for a whole year, you can try it for three months. Because see, the, the problem that I have, I did buy at the Book Riot one year had a horror subscription box or like a horror. It was just like maybe a one time thing. I paid a hundred dollars for it in every single book in the box. You had I read. already, I had already uh, read. Yeah, bummer. That's my I think that's the problem with the really specific ones is that especially for me and you, like I read a fuckload of horror. Yeah. It would have to be like an expert level horror box for me or to like get Or like a stuff. brand new book, which is, that would make a difference, but it's not yes. a brand new book. So like a brand new book, but then again, I get a lot of them from the library. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Well, that's you know? the cool thing about Book of the Month is they are all brand new books. Oh, cool. And sometimes publishers like strike deals with Book of the Month where you will get the book like a week early or something. Wow. Which is really cool. And they're cool. all hardback. And they're all hardcover. Wow. So that's why I really like Book of the Month. I think it's like... I think it's only ten, ten or twenty dollars a month. It's not super expensive, especially yeah, I for a new it hardcover. When you wrote it down, and it, it is not, it's not as much as a hardcover book. Yes, yeah. And the the package is always really cute, and like get a little bookmark or something yeah. with it. And uh, there's all sorts of cute ones, but I, I do think if it's if she's just into books, there's all of them seem to come with a hobby. 
Like yeah. it's like, do you also we're gonna here's a tea bag yeah. and uh, like sunglasses and here's some sunscreen and uh they're and really a fan. and you're just like I, I don't need all this shit. Yeah, you're like, what is what is all of I this? I don't need more stuff in my house. I have enough stuff in my house. <laughs> I need more books. <laughs> uh, also, if your mom really likes why I know a, I haven't tried this, but I know a lot a lot of people love Owl Crate. Yeah, Owl Crate is a big one. They always have really good titles. So if your mom is a YA reader. That's the one that I would check out. But yeah, I think cl- the cl- the old classic book mm-hmm. of the month yeah. is the best one to try. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. And remember, if you want to support us and help us feed our cats and birthday the Mm -hmm. dog who is in the studio with us right now Mm -hmm. you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the maximum fun store there's a link in the show notes and if you like the show and want to help us for free you can rate and review us on itunes it's really great for us it helps us reach more readers it makes us very happy uh you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks for reading MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.